0: to the uh, busy. hello welcome to the divinely you podcast as well as sarah divinely you on youtube i am not live today on any platform because frankly i need a break <laughs> i'm a little emotionally exhausted from um the whirlwind of amazingness that has occurred um, on my channel and just um various messages and support and all of the love. And so I'm really thankful for it. I just need a breather. And I've also been just processing through my own. um uh, I want to say emotions, but emotions seems to be like a generic term right now, because like, I feel like I'm recording this video on two twenty two 22, 2022. So it's all the twos, right. And it's supposed to be this divine portal. And I'm not one to like judge anybody, you know, you to believe what you need to believe about numerological portals and things like that um but when they when things correspond with the calendar I don't usually align with them and so what I will say though that this is like the first pass of the United States Pluto return and we're in this like you know Pluto has this like long cycle of um so it's like gonna pass like the American return now it's going to do it again this summer and again I think early 2023 so there's like all these things, and Pluto's the planet of death and rebirth. So we've got like all these massive disruptions going on, which is why I feel like the work that I'm doing is so critically important and critically timed um, to really have people thinking about what's happening for people with disabilities. Um, I focus on blind and visually impaired. However, I'm not, I'm, I'm not like oblivious to there being other disabilities, obviously. Um, and I just, I have this like strong feeling that now is the time for people with disabilities and their advocates um, and those who support us to really band together at a moment when I feel like we're the most divisive we've ever been. Um, so anywho, So that's what's going on for me. It's just tons of emotions, tons of emotions around relationships. Um, you know, just had a lot going on personally and have really been trying to bulldoze a lot of old patterns. Um, many of you know I always work with a life coach and life coach support as well as astrologers to support me, and um, thankfully I've been getting a lot of that lately, and I'm very grateful. Um, but nonetheless, the work is the work, right? The mental work is the work, and without wanting to self-sabotage um, or you know wanting to be very self-compassionate um, and all of that, and feeling into what's going on in the collective. So that's all. <laughs> that's a lot for me and i'm very exhausted from it so uh that's why i'm taking a break uh momentarily from posting live uh but i do want to talk about some universal accessibility stuff inclusion stuff and all that so let me let me let me do this little screen share audience, participants open check share screen button desktop sharing screen, 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 screen iphone keynote selected Works optimized for the share keynote. Uh, Zoom US has dialogue. Mm. Keynote. Okay. AX3B. Okay. Play so what's interesting to uh, me in the, the past uh in the past chunk of time is how many people who are blind and visually impaired who have come to me or I've seen them posting on social media how much they are getting super uncomfortable and vulnerable being on camera. And it's something that I have gotten really comfortable with. Um, minus last Friday's video where I read on camera, that was super, super uncomfortable for me. Um, but my point is, is like, it's it's just like everyone's kind of coming out of this shell of like, you know, we don't really, really give a fuck what we look like anymore. And just like, just show up and do the things. Um, so let's talk about different accessibility is not full, not like accessibility is not equal, That maybe that's the way to put it. Um, So I wrote down here on the slide, there's some physical examples. I'm going to talk about some not so physical examples as well. Um, me magnify for myself. So what you guys can't see is how big I just made this for myself so I can read it without having to lean into my screen. Okay. So, um, low countertops, this is like perfect for someone who uses a wheelchair, right? It is not perfect for me because I'm not sure. I'm not that short. Um, I was at a, so what happens is the disadvantage of low countertops is the point of sale machine ends up being on this lower countertop, which is great, except the damn things don't have any accessibility. So I have to be able to see it in order to even use it. And, um, or I have to get like, like a hundred percent support from a cashier, which is sometimes what I do, but, but sometimes if I can like, you know, if it's at the right level and I can look at it myself, I can function the darn thing, but if it's fixed to a low counter, it's, I can squat (laughs) and try to read it and use it. Um, I was actually at, uh, Dick's Sporting Goods, in fact, and, um, she had the low countertop and then a higher countertop and the, the P point of sale machine was just on a cord and like floating around. And, I'm like, that's convenient. And she's like, I've had so many people with different disabilities. She said that it made sense to not have it connected or attached to the counter. So low countertops are good. They're not perfect because they don't work for everyone, right? If you think about like a less mobile person, maybe an older person, um, may not be able to, you know, bend down and reach that lower countertop as well. So it's always good to like, think about, uh, the, like, you know, the, the overall, yes they're helpful and they're not um what else do i have here motion sensor bathrooms oh my god i could tell you guys stories about waving my hands in front of a faucet that has you know tiles on it or the same thing with the soap or the paper towels or whatever um but they're great for somebody who again is mobility impaired and may need to be able to you know maybe they can't reach the faucets and so um and that, and there's no consistency. I've never, I don't think I've ever been in a bathroom where it's hundred percent motion sensored or 100% manual. Um, it's usually like the sink is motion sensored, but you gotta pump the soap yourself and get your own paper towels. Um, whatever. So <laughs> motion sensors are not perfect either because I, as a blind person, I can't, I can't see where the sensor is or how I'm supposed to activate it. Um, So I look like I'm doing magic, trying to wave my hands under shit that doesn't, isn't motion censored. It's like, all right, well, whatever. I just needed to wash my hands. (laughs) Um, Captions versus audio description. Um, Okay. This sounds so obvious. It's not. Uh, Captions, closed captions, which are very common on most media, um, closed captions are when the words that I'm speaking are printed onto the screen. For someone who's deaf or hard of hearing, uh, or otherwise, I actually know plenty of. I actually know a few friends of mine who aren't hard of hearing, but they use closed caption, and they said their children read at a much younger age because they used closed captioning, and now their kids read obsessively. So that's cool. So that's closed captioning. Audio description, um, is when there's an extra audio track on media that describes the important, the important physical things that are happening. So I'm going to, I want, I want to say important because they'll, they'll pretty much only talk about what's necessary for the storyline. Um, so if you're watching a movie, it may not show, may not describe the set or the scene but it's going to tell you the parts of that scene that you need to know about in order to make sense with the storyline. So example, kind of, uh, The Queen's Gambit, um, which was about the chess player, really good miniseries actually on Netflix. But apparently there was a lot of really cool scenery in that movie somebody was telling, my friend was telling me about. I didn't know because the only real audio description mostly focused on the game and gameplay and her, the, the young, I can't remember what was that lady's name? Anyway, whatever. And mostly talked about the game and how she was visualizing the game um, and all of that. Um, So, and I also know people who have watched things like um, the haunting of Hill house or what was the. I am the pretty little thing in the house. I don't know if that one's still on Netflix or not. Uh, But things like that, where people, sighted people have watched those movies and realized like the audio description has pointed out something that was going on that even, you know, a sighted person was missing or not not attentive to or whatever. Uh, Audio description does mess up jump scares because it kind of has to tell you the jump scare before the jump scare happens. Uh, you, what are you gonna do if they try and tell you after the fact this the moment is gone and you won't understand it so it's kind of like yeah i did that a lot in um stephen king's it chapter one i don't think the original it was was audio described because it was a tv movie um so best sources for audio description netflix for sure uh sorry i just bump my microphone uh netflix for sure is great Um, Amazon is okay. I won't say Amazon's great. Amazon is okay. Um, Disney is very good, thorough, but some inconsistencies. Hulu is awful, which sucks because that's where a lot of good content is, but Hulu is terrible. Audio doesn't have a lot of audio described content whatsoever. Uh, Apple, Apple TV is very good. If I'm going to pay to rent a movie, I'm going to rent it from Apple because it's very much more likely to be audio described. So I'm going to give them my money. Um, so that means I have to wait until shit comes off HBO max to do that anyway. Um, so I think you kind of see the point, right? There's a lot of, you know, you have to think about, You know, you may be thinking that you are offering something that's accessible, but it's only accessible to this group or that group and not necessarily to a different disability group uh, or or whatever. Um, So that's something to think about. And it always goes back to inclusion and universal design. Uh, Things like that, right? Like, if we're thinking consciously about what's going to benefit everyone from the 20 something who's blind or the 20 something who's using a wheelchair versus, you know, grandma who uses her walker and has a mobility impairment, right? Like, I've gone into some, you know, uh, wheelchair accessible bathrooms and I'm like, how the hell do they expect anybody to reach that toilet paper? Like, I had to like flip my wrist in a weird way. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, things like that to really think about. And if you're thinking about your online business, um, so if you've got an app or you've got a, a website, um, I would say, do what you can do from your end, do what you know to do, which is like, add the alt tags, add the head, you know, add the labels, add the button labels, add the link labels, photo labels, and all of that. And let me slide, slide, slide eight, what you can do now. You currently... Here's the thing that, I will always end this particular type of episode with, which is always have available the option for people to be supported or give you feedback because you can do everything that you can do from your end. You can do absolutely everything. You can do all of the labels, think you're doing all of the right practices and you're gonna have the one customer who doesn't have the skills for that or doesn't use that, uses a different way to, to, to come at your content, um, you know, you're going to have the one person who, um, maybe has, I don't know, anxiety over the wheel, the, um, the accessible door, uh, you know, you know what I'm saying? Like all of the things you can do, all of the things and your customer is going to be like, but you didn't do this thing. And I need this thing. So, and always have a person in a supportive role in your business, especially small business, because uh, I've been on the, I've been on the receiving end of businesses with a support person. So when I go to a retreat, let's just say a virtual retreat, um, I have direct contact with a support person so that if there's, you know, handouts, there's links, there's, you know, something that comes up and I can't, you know, access the content. I can email that person directly and be like, Hey, um, what was this about? And do I need to know it? Can you send me the link in an email? Um, that sort of thing. So always have a support person for people to reach out to, because again, uh, I always said this, you don't know who you're welcoming into your business by making it inclusive right? You don't know who's waiting for, for. Oh, I really want to be a part of that business, but dang it, I can't access the thing. And they don't have an easy access contact link, or they don't have a support person. So I can't do the thing or whatever. Like there was content that I wanted to purchase, but I was afraid that I couldn't access it. I finally just decided to purchase it, but I, I tried to ask for support and didn't get anywhere. And I just kind of let it lay low until I just felt more confident that I could get, you know, access the content. But my point is, is like, if you have a person who's able to be on the supporting role end of things for your business, you will always, you're going to get grumpy people because that's how humans are, but you're at least going to have that person available to support a person, a customer, a client who, you know, otherwise wouldn't be able to attain your services. So I hope that makes some sense. I hope that resonated. I hope that kind of, you know, makes you think when you're <laughs> out in the world, like, oh, does that actually work though? Um, I believe it was on when I was on. Well, let me stop sharing my screen first of all. AS3, window. Up, focus to next window. Mm-hmm. Your, your stop share you stop button. When I was on the Hearts Unleashed podcast with Abigail Gazda. Uh, one of the things that she asked me was, how do you know where the braille signage is? And I'm like, I have to grope the wall. Like, there's just no way around, (laughs) right? Like I have to grope the wall. Um, and so I also wash my hands a lot because I just, the walls are really gross. Um, but yeah, it's like, you kind of have to just intuitively explore certain situations and hope that they are, you know, labeled properly. I always start with the door. And if there's no label on the door, then I like have to remember to look to the sides because for whatever reason, they'll put like the braille signage off to the side of the door. I've seen braille signage in some of the weirdest ass places. When I was working at, I won't say where, (laughs) when I was working back in blind rehab, (laughs) there was um, a sign above the elevator that said floor one, floor two, and it was braille labeled. We often wondered what basketball player knew braille that could verify that read that sign because it was above everybody's head. So (laughs) anyway, I hope you enjoyed this. Uh, Please give me feedback. And um, if you know of anyone who's blind or visually impaired, please send this their way if you know parents. If you are a business who's looking to um, support and welcome people with disabilities, I hope that you got something from this and please share this video with people. I'm super happy to be of assistance in helping businesses become more accessible from my end, even if it means resourcing you to um, a more knowledgeable entity or whatever. Thanks so much for tuning in. I appreciate you. Love you. All of the things. Peace out. Have a great day stop recording.